today on Locked on Los Angeles Kings, I am thankful for each and every one of you. What I'm not thankful for is the fact that we have to play the Sharks again tonight. All this and more on Locked on Los Angeles Kings, part of the Locked on Podcast Network. Today is Friday, November 29th, and you are listening to Locked On Los Angeles Kings, part of the Locked On Podcast Network. And I am your host, Sarah Avampato, and I am here full of turkey. That's actually a lie. I didn't have a single piece of turkey today, but like that's the cultural narrative is that we're full of turkey today. But I'm here to bring you a podcast about the Kings. We took a little bit of time off thanks to the American holiday of Thanksgiving. If you are not American or you don't celebrate Thanksgiving, um, well, you just got an extra day off in the week. And and now we're back. We're all here together to talk about the Kings. And we've got a game to talk about briefly. We've got two games to talk about briefly, really. We've got both a Kings win and a upcoming Kings game to debrief on as we head into today's show. But first, since we didn't do a show on Thanksgiving and since I didn't plan adequately, I just want to say a quick thank you to all of you. I've been doing this show for nearly two months now. We all debuted at the beginning of October in concert with the start of the NHL season, and it is now almost the end of November. I've done 40-some shows of me talking about the Kings. I have recorded shows well in advance. I've recorded shows at 1 a.m. I've basically done it coast to coast, recording all over the country as I travel and squeeze in some pods while I'm on the road. And every day it's very exciting to get to see the people are actually listening and to get to hear from you guys, to hear about what you're enjoying, to see new followers joining on the Twitter, which is Locked on LA Kings, if you have not yet followed the show on Twitter. Um, It's just exciting every day to know that I get to put together this product and put together a show and that I can both deliver you news and like weird thoughts and anecdotes and whatever strikes my fancy and that you're all here for it. And so thank you so much for helping make the launch of Locked on Los Angeles Kings great. And I think we only go up from here and I'm very excited to get to chronicle this season, which is a pretty important season in the trajectory of the Los Angeles Kings and excited to get to follow it through to the end and to strive to be bigger and better every single day that I do this show. So thank you so much for listening. Thank you to the Locked on Podcast Network for giving me this platform to share my audible thoughts about the Kings with the world. And like I said, yeah, just really excited to get to continue doing this show and bringing you hopefully great guests and news and fun things all throughout the rest of the season. So thank you so much for listening. Thank you for being here and helping spread the word about the show. Like I say every time, tell all your friends all about the show. Really want to get in as many ears as possible and that will not happen without you guys, without word of mouth and sharing links and picking up your friend's phone and opening their podcast app and just subscribing. You know, that that is how we build a village of weird Kings fans all over the world. So thank you guys so much for being here to listen to me every morning-ish to talk about the Los Angeles Kings. So about those Kings, they won a game. They won on Wednesday against the New York Islanders, and it was actually sort of a little surprising. Um, It was one of the better efforts that we have seen all season from the Kings. They hit the 10 win mark with that 
uh, victory. They were, of course, the last team in the Pacific to do that, but not the last team in the league. And that is really what's important. What's also important is it took them a little bit less time than it did last season for them to hit the 10 win mark. Okay, it only took a couple games, but last year they hit their 10th win on game 27. This year they did it on game 25. So two games better. They hit their 10th win on December 2nd last year in a 2-0 home win over the Carolina Hurricanes. This year, the wins have just been a little bit more spread out. Last year, there was a big, huge six-game losing streak and then a couple of briefer losing streaks, but still losing streaks all the same. This year, it's been a lot more of like, win a game, lose a game, win a game, lose a game. But regardless, we've got essentially the same result. We can tell everyone we hit 10 wins earlier than we did last year, but it's not a not too much of a big difference. But the Kings did their job. They shut down the Islanders. The Islanders were limited to just two goals in three games during their trip through California. This was after their 17-game points streak where they lost two in regulation and won 15 to go winless in California against three teams that are not particularly great this year. The Sharks are rounding out to be maybe the best of the California teams, but they certainly have their own struggles and their own uphill battle to make it into the playoffs. This whole state of California just shut down the Islanders, and that honestly is pretty special. The Kings won because they had a consistent full-team effort in that game. There were a few segments where things didn't quite go well or where guys got a little sloppy, but overall, you can't really say that one line was worse. You can't really say that, like, anyone took the night off or that, you know, one line was completely dominated or looked terrible out there. The Kings scored at even strength on the power play and with the net empty for the Islanders, so showing lots of versatility there. Goals came from Justin Brown, Jeff Carter, on another really nifty redirect, uh, Matt Roy and Alex Iafalo, he got the empty net. And most importantly, um, you know, we've talked before about what does progress look like on this team, and, you know, progress looks like A, not making the same mistakes at the end of the season that you made at the beginning, and B, the younger guys being able to step up and put together consistent performances, and we definitely saw that from the younger players in this game. Blake Lazat really stood out for his work hounding down pucks in the corners, for his passing, uh, which is something that stood out even in the preseason, his ability to make passes and make them well. And that is something that he has continued to improve on as the season has gone along. He picked up his seventh assist of the season on Matt Roy's goal. He did basically all the work in the corner to get the puck and get it out to Roy so that he could blast it in. Lazat not necessarily showing up on the score sheet all of the time. I think he has nine points total, but he He's doing a lot of work that goes sort of unheralded. He feels a lot like he's this year's Alex Iafalo, where he's doing the little things right and just isn't necessarily getting rewarded on the score sheet for his work but I'm liking a lot what I'm seeing from him. And as especially as he gets more comfortable down the middle, if they're going to keep him at center, you know, that's even more important to be able to get him that experience and to have him start going up against more and more highly skilled players. You know, he's not going out there and just feasting on on lower lines or anything. He spent most of his time this game against four forwards, Cal Clutterbuck, Casey Sezikis, Matt Martin, spent most of his time out there on the ice against them. He's seeing some of these lower lines and is doing the work to come out positive 
when he's out there. He was on the ice for very few shots against, for example, for defensive pair, he spent most of his time out against Noah Dobson and Johnny Boychuk. No shots against by the Islanders when he was out there against those guys. So some really good work from Blake Lazat and from the Kings. And really just strong performances from a lot of the younger guys. Austin Wagner on the ice for nine shots for and only one against Ben Hutton, who we'll get to in a second. 12 shots for, three against Lazat, eight for, two against Kempe, who has had really strong performances as of late to seven shots for three against the the young players who need to step up and who need to show that they can make more of an impact and be everyday players in this league are doing that. And they did it in a game where the Kings handily beat an opponent that could and probably should have been a challenge for them. So I talked about Ben Hutton and he is a player who like, I feel like you alternate games between like good, good Ben Hutton and invisible Ben Hutton. And this was a good Ben Hutton. He had an assist. He had three shots on goal. He was on ice for two goals for he He's played over 19 minutes of ice time um, in all situations and spent most of his time against the line of Jordan Eberle, Anders Lee, and Matt Barzal. That is no easy assignment, especially with Barzal, who is pretty much a wizard with the puck. But Hutton took his place alongside Drew Doughty as the defense pairings got shuffled up because of Alec Martinez's injury. And he had a pretty good performance. Um, He was named second star of the game. And like I said, he was on the ice for only three shots against. So he did a pretty great job at limiting his opponents. He came out pretty good in terms of being on the ice for shots for the Kings. 60% Corsi 4, so that again measures all shots, not just unblocked ones, but all shot attempts. He was on the ice for more for the Kings than he was against the Kings. So we saw a Ben Hutton that had a strong game and had a consistent game and really elevated his play alongside Drew Doughty. And so that is important because if you're going to play there, um, you need to A, be able to play your own game because Doughty is going to do what Doughty does and you need to be able to hold your own against usually the other team's top pairings and top players. And so Hutton did that very well. And if only he could be more consistent and we would see good Ben Hutton in every game and not just like invisible. Ben Hutton or oops Ben Hutton, that'd be great. I remember back when the Kings first signed him, I talked to some people who cover the Vancouver Canucks and their general reaction was, why did you sign him? And the answer is because the Kings needed a body who had played in the NHL and could hold his own. But the general consensus was that like, he's just a guy and the Kings basically needed a just a guy. So he fit that bill, you know, has those frustrating moments of, you know, that he could be a much better player and you know that he could be more consistent and contribute more. And you see him in games like the game against the Islanders and you're like, ah, yes, could we get this guy every time and not just some of the time? So hopefully that is something for him to build on, especially if he's going to continue to be paired with Drew Doughty as the season goes on without Alec Martinez. Trevor Lewis made his return after being out with an injury for a little while. He played 11 minutes and 10 seconds, which is pretty good for him. Uh, he had one shot on goal and won 25% of his faceoffs. So oops, but good to see him back and to see him engaged and just picking up right where he left off of being Trevor Lewis. So are you a Kings fan who happens to live outside of the Los Angeles area? Say you live in, oh, I don't know, Seattle or Florida or Prague or Australia, anywhere, anywhere that's not Los Angeles. 
I would like to talk to you. What I want to do on this show as the season goes on is that I want to feature regular, ordinary, everyday fans, people just like you, and talk about what keeps you loving this team, even if A, they're bad, and B, you're hundreds or even thousands of miles away from the home base. If you're a new listener, maybe you missed my teaser episode that I did before this show officially kicked off, you may not have realized that I am not in Los Angeles. I don't live there. I have not lived there. I go there every so often to like hang out and enjoy the sunshine, especially when it's snowing where I live. I'm not an LA based fan. And I really love when I travel to Kings games, when I'm basically anywhere else in the country and I see people in Kings gear, I always want to know their stories. I want to know how you got there and how you maintain your love and your connection to this team, even though you're very far away. What I want to do is I want to use this space. We can play in this space together and talk about you and the way that you are a fan of this team. So if you would like to chat with me for a quick segment that will air on a future episode of this podcast, go to bit.ly slash locked on kings, fill out a quick survey, and then I'll be in touch with you in the near future to uh, chat some kings. So that's bit.ly slash locked on kings. The link is also pinned to the Twitter account of this podcast at locked on LA Kings on Twitter and also is written into the episode descriptions of the show. So open up whatever you're listening to this via and read the episode description and there should be a link down there that you can copy or click on or hand write down and send with carrier pigeons or something. So that's bit.ly slash locked on kings for all my kings listeners out there who are from all over the country and all over the world. I want to talk to you. Let's make something happen. Bit.ly slash locked on kings. So we get to face the sharks again, second time in a week, and the sharks have continued their role. They have won eight of their last 10 games. They are great at home this year, eight, six, and oh at home, and the sharks are really just one or two points out of a wild card spot. So they have completed a dramatic rise from being down in the basement with us for a little bit. And you know, I mean, fine. We have to play them again because that is how hockey works. <laughs> and the schedulers have decided that the Kings and the Sharks need to see each other as much as possible. And let's just get it out of the way twice in a week. Like, sure, cool. that will be fun for everybody. The Sharks have been looking better and better as the season has gone on from, you know, the time where they were like, ooh, we might miss the playoffs to now where they're like, ooh, we might sneak in. So that that's a good thing for the Sharks. They are missing Tomas Hurdle, who I believe has been practicing, but is not quite back to being in the lineup yet. But if he comes back, that will obviously be a big boost for the Sharks. And he, I think, should be back in the lineup soon. Like I said, they have won eight of their last 10 games. They last played on Wednesday, where they lost 5-1 to one to the Winnipeg Jets. So that was clearly a pretty frustrating uh, outing for the Sharks. And of course, the game they played before that was the game against the Kings, where they gave up a 3-0 lead only to let the Kings back in to force it to overtime. So the Kings are clearly going to want to, you know, rectify that situation and come out a little better in San Jose than they did in their last matchup. Uh, They know that they were sort of doomed by their slow start and had to play catch up the whole time. So for the Kings, they're going to want to actually be ready to play from the time that the puck drops. And, you know, they came like one bad poke check away from being able to walk out from that game with two points. So I think the Kings are going to want to 
prove, hey, we can actually beat you. And it would be great to be able to see them do that against the Sharks today. I mean, nothing else has really changed for either of these teams since they last met. I would expect that Jonathan Quick would get the start tonight, allowing Jack Campbell to take the start tomorrow against Winnipeg. But that's also kind of a coin flip too. But I would guess that they would give Quick the start. He has been phenomenal first off and deserves it. And the Kings have been worse on the road this year. And Quick has been the better goaltender than Jack Campbell at this point. And so if you want to give your team the best chance to win in a situation where they're maybe not set up for success, you should just give them that game. You should start with your goalie who actually will make the most sense in terms of possibly having a win. Winnipeg has struggled as well. They are just full of injuries and missing a lot of key players. So giving Campbell the start back home would not be the end of the world. I certainly don't think Quick should start both of those games, and I don't think that Todd McClellan thinks that either. So my guess is that Quick will be in goal today. All the same things we said about the Sharks at the beginning of the week still apply. Their power play is okay. Their penalty kill is phenomenal. So the Kings should both stay out of the box and not get their hopes up when the Sharks are in it. But the fact that the Kings have such a dismal road record in general makes it real hard to get too optimistic about this one. Uh, They've got to figure out how to play on the road eventually. And it just seems very arbitrary that they're not good on the road. Maybe still being in California will help them. So this game is an early one today. It starts at 1 o'clock p.m. Pacific time. So that is pretty darn soon. It airs on Fox Sports West and is also the NHL free streaming game of the day. So if you are out of market and don't happen to have the streaming subscription, you can watch it for free on NHL.com. You can watch it there. So Kings and Sharks looking both for continued strong performances from the young players, as well as, you know, Andre Kopitar has been fantastic this season, leads the team in points. He's got 27 points in 25 games this season. He has a four game point streak right now, five points in four games. Uh, Of course, he was the one to send that game against the Sharks to overtime in the first place. So he has been stepping up in huge ways lately and only expect more from him coming in the future. So young guys, old guys, everybody needs to contribute to get this one today over the Sharks. So enjoy your somewhat late show today. Enjoy your early game today as we celebrate Black Friday, I guess. And we'll be back on Monday to talk about what happened in this game and also the Jets game. And also, wow, we've got a lot to talk about. Also, we're going to preview the Ducks game. I'm going to have a special guest on the show to talk about the Ducks and let you know what to expect. So if you have any questions about the Anaheim Ducks, please do make sure to leave them for me on Twitter. You can tweet me at LockedOnLAKings. That's the show's Twitter or Tweet me personally at right said Sarah. That's W-R-I-T-E said Sarah with an H. I'd love to hear your questions about the Ducks. I'd love to hear your questions about the Kings, about prospects, whatever. But let's focus on the Ducks for right now. Let's uh, get all of your nice questions. Don't be a jerk because I like my guest and I don't want jerk questions, but all of your legitimate questions about the Ducks, maybe some funny ones, whatever. But tweet them at me and I will get those questions answered for you on Monday's show as we prepare to take on the Anaheim Ducks. That's it today. We'll be back on Monday. Like I said, thank you for listening. Thank you for subscribing and all that great stuff. If you haven't done so already, of course, make sure you subscribe to the show and send a link to your friends. Tell all your friends all about it. And we can all talk about the Kings together next time on Locked On Los Angeles Kings, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day.